Happy Thursday. Super dope. Real quick. Uh, tomorrow, Friday, July the 23rd at 1 p.m. Eastern, they're going to be having the Dragon Ball Super Movie 2022 Comic-Con panel at San Diego Comic-Con at home. Uh, if you're in the Discord, we're going to be streaming that in the live chat uh, channel. If you're not in the Discord, you want to watch it with us and hopefully get a peek, maybe, fingers crossed, in a movie trailer. Um, links are in the show notes. Going to feature Masako Nozawa, obviously, the voice of Goku. It's also going to feature uh, Akio Ayoku. Uh, he is the head of the Dragon Ball team at Shueisha. And Norohiro Hayashida, who's the producer of the movie. Uh, also, I heard it's going to feature a performance by my favorite Dragon Ball uh, artist in terms of the music, Hironobu Kagayama. So that's tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern. Join the Discord, watch it with us. I think we're going to have a special extra podcast about it next week. It might just be the podcast next week. I don't really know. But enjoy this chapter 74 and talk to you soon. Super dope. Dragon Ball Super Dope. My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking us out. It's time for our monthly manga manga review. Chapter 74 of Dragon Ball Super Vegeta versus Granola. Uh, as I uh, am each month, I am joined today by my friend Leonard. Leonard, what's the deal, man? The deal is that if Vegeta actually wins, I will go out in the middle of the streets and start stripping. Wow. All right, well, keep your clothes on either way. I mean, I'm hoping for a Vegeta win also, but I just, you know, indecent exposure in public. People go to jail for that shit. You're a black guy. I don't want anything bad to happen to you. Just keep your goddamn clothes on, please. I'm also joined this month by my friend and patron for Dragon Ball Super Dope. You can uh, also become a patron at uh, patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. Longtime supporter of the show, Jacob Peterson. How are you, man? Oh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. I got Leonard's back on this. If if he's about to strip in the street, I'm his getaway. He's good. He can do Word. his shit. I'll throw them bales. I'll get him out of there. You don't need to worry about him. Wow, dude, on, this guy just on showed Team up. Vegeta, man, we're gonna get this shit. I showed up. I'm hoping and praying for this for this dub. All right. Well, uh, welcome to the show, man. It's good to have you on, and I'm glad that you're so down for the cause in terms of Leonard's, you know, nudity and celebration of Vegeta's victory. It's a uh... Real beautiful way to start this relationship between the two of you. I'm all about person's happiness. Hell yeah. Happiness, baby. That's key. This month, I say it each and every month, about spoilers. But the big spoiler this month was Vegeta's new God of Destruction, Hakai Shin form. And it was revealed to us uh, like the end of last week. We're recording this on Wednesday night. So I kind of made the joke then on Twitter and every, to everyone else um, and within the Facebook groups or whatever. I'm like, this is the last panel for this chapter this month. So just, you know, get ready, get ready to have this be the cliffhanger they leave you on. And people are like, no, they won't end it like this. I'm like, all right, word, just watch. Sure enough, they did. But they, once again, with these spoilers, kind of, Gave us the big reveal early and nothing else to kind of follow up on it. Um, I've sort of made my thoughts known. I'll go last. But, uh, Jacob, what would you think of this new Vegeta form? This uh, 
Akai Shin. We don't know the colors. We don't know the story behind it. What do you think, Ben? Well, I mean, the new form is great. You know, I'm always for a new Vegeta, new form, more power. I'm all for Vegeta. That's it's the best thing. And honestly, through the whole chapter, they really did him a lot of service. I liked it. It's great for him. You know, the aesthetics, I don't agree how it looks 100%, honestly. You know, there's some eyebrow shit that just didn't need to be there, you know, yeah. kind of stuff like that. But in the end, I'm, I'm pleased with it because, you know, as long as, as long as they keep it up and they give Vegeta his credit, that's what I'm hoping for. That's why I like form. He always needs that, and I like the way they're going with it. So, all in all, it's 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 a good thing. I like it. Minor flaws, but that's kind of how I feel about it too. Like I, there are parts of it that I like, but I think I like the idea of Vegeta getting a new form more than I actually like the visual to this new form, specifically yeah, the eyebrows. <laughs> it literally could have just come down to color change and nothing else, and that would have been fine, you know? A new aura, you know? Give some purple into his blue or something, you know? Throw some purple on the outside of his blue flames, his blue you ball. Know what? You know, I'll ask you guys about color something. change. I'll ask you guys about color change in a minute. Uh, Leonard, what did you think of, uh, what'd you think of the new form? Personally, I just question why they gave him Super Saiyan 3 forehead. Yeah. Like, Word made no sense whatsoever i mean if you're trying to make it more look like beerus um i think most of them even champa himself didn't even have that type of look now of course we can always argue oh it's a saiyan so what blah 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 well to be truthful granted yes very happy he got a new form we've been needing this we've been needing new forms for vegeta but also, we don't need him looking like he's a fucking Oonga Boonga type of guy. You mean uh, Oonga Boonga implying like a caveman, a Neanderthal, if you will. Yes. Yeah, that big thick brow up top is very off-putting to me. It's one of my least favorite things about the Super Saiyan 3 design. W- one thing I did notice, though, and I kind- it was like the most Twitter clout I've had in fucking like a year. I think I got like 25 likes because y'all don't follow me on Twitter. Go follow me at one. <laughs> But I just made the joke that, like, his eyes kind of, well, what the fuck, Jacob? You better start. Uh, I just made the (laughs) joke that his eyebrows kind of migrated, like, off of his forehead into the back of his hair. Because his hairline does increase a little bit in the back. And it looks, like, for a split second, like, the the mid-transformation from Super Saiyan 2 to Super Saiyan 3 with the elongated hair. So he has a, a little bit more of a tuft of hair at the very, very bottom of his hair. Um... One thing that I saw that actually kind of drove me nuts this week, um, and I didn't even write this down on my notes. I didn't talk to you guys about it before we hit record. But you guys sort of, Jacob mentioned it. It's like, what's it going to look like when we do see it in color? And I saw a few different pages just share like a bunch of the Vegeta spoilers. Like this is even before the chapter came out. I just took the spoilers and like had them colored and like, 50 different variations to be like, what's Vegeta's new form going to look like? And it was the most annoying goddamn thing in the world. They got so much mileage out of these two fucking panels of Vegeta's transformation just by recoloring them. And I'm, I don't know. I don't think I have anything more to say outside of, 
but I feel like the uh, is pretty expressive in and of itself, and that you should know that. Stop being so fucking <laughs> annoying with this shit. God damn, dude. Anyway, yeah. I don't like I said, I don't mind the idea that he got a new transformation. I actually kind of like it given uh, you know, the path, the separate paths that him and Goku have decided to go down that a lot of people kind of called like back in the day, and I, I kind of remember just being like, nah, that's stupid. Vegeta, God of Destruction, I don't know about that. But you know, three years later, 2021, I'm like, hell yeah, maybe. And here we are. His new form will probably have like a similar tint or aura to, you know, what Tapo had when he had his transformation in the Tournament of Power. So for all of the Dragon Ball Z fan page exclusive motherfuckers out there who like made 50 different memes off of different potential color variations, uh, I, I bid a fuck of you to you. Okay. So uh, I wanted to get that out of the way first and foremost, because that's obviously been the biggest talking point for this chapter to this point, or even before the chapter was released. Let's be real. Uh, but let's run through the events of this chapter real quick, because I got to say, man, this chapter did a really nice job giving Vegeta some uh, well-earned, uh, I don't know, like credentials, uh, merit, like... Vegeta was super impressive in this chapter consistently throughout. So we flash back to this fight that Vegeta has now taken over since Goku's been knocked out. We see the planet Serial has uh, started to incur some damage and the new inhabitants, which I can't remember the race of people that live there now, but they're fleeing. They're in their cars and shit. They're running away, trying to get to safer, uh, I don't know, safer place because... This battle is about to destroy their planet, I guess. Granola is still very much under the impression that Vegeta and Goku work for Frieza and won't believe that, you know, Vegeta says, fuck that. I stopped working for that guy a long time ago. He doesn't really take his word for it. And uh, Oatmeal, who we'll talk more about in a minute, but Oatmeal, like, reminds Granola, like, hey, man, the other one said the same thing, too. Like, maybe there's some earnest, you know, uh, answers coming from these guys right now. It doesn't seem like they're in cahoots with Frieza. Maybe you want to chill out. But Granola's too hell-bent on uh, revenge, so that's obviously not going to happen, right? Start to fight. Uh, Vegeta's trying to employ some of his Sakai techniques that he's learned from Beerus by, like, blowing up a bunch of rocks around him and shit. And Granola notices, like, yeah, your shit's weak. Your, your destruction energy is not very um, capable or whatever, and you're trying to make up, with, make up for that with quantity. So right out of the gate, we're seeing that Vegeta's trying to employ his new stuff, and Granola is at least cognizant enough to be able to say, hmm, this guy is probably not performing to his full potential, probably not really a threat to me. So Granola's already kind of coming into this situation, underestimating Vegeta. And it'll be like a recurring theme throughout this fight that uh, he just continues to underestimate stupid, soon-to-have Neanderthal eyebrow-looking Vegeta. Leonard, do you still love Granola the way that I used to love Granola? For him being so smooth, but now he's just kind of being an underestimating prick? Uh, yeah, in a sense, yeah, because uh, Granola... The thing about that was nice about Granola is... For me, what I realized is that it remind he reminded me of Trunks in a sense when Trunks came from the future 
to the present time. Like it was a completely breath of fresh air where it's like, okay, we're getting something different. Of course, a lot of things then were different. <laughs> so for me, it was a it was a lot of hope that like, okay, this guy's gonna be different. He's gonna change things up. He's gonna make this story more interesting to what it is. And granted, he has, but it's just now he's becoming a Neanderthal that's basically like unga boonga, I'm gonna fight, unga boonga, Saiyans, unga boonga, racism. Dude. Did you know there's racism in Dragon Ball Z? That's crazy. And Super. That's crazy. And on Twitch. And on Twitch. <laughs> uh, Leonard had somebody pop into his Twitch room and say some racist shit yesterday, and he's obviously still mad about it. I would be too. And uh, the Oonga Boonga thing being a, equally applied across the board to both Vegeta and Granola by Leonard proves to me that Leonard is an equal opportunity hater. Yes. So, Jacob, it's your first time on the show, man. Um, in terms of your initial opinions of Granola, in terms of maybe, uh, I don't know, like, did you, what, what are your general thoughts on Granola? What are your expectations for the guy? I personally liked where he started out, but he's slowly becoming like just a fuck you. I'm going to win and be stronger villain. What do you think of this guy? Well, I definitely like Granola at the start. You know, he had a, I kind of liked him, you know, he, he had a story that I felt like could really fit in well with, uh, becoming an anti-hero sort of character or something, you know, in the end of this arc. But at this point, I guess, I guess they kind of actually made him out to be pretty well with how he's balancing out because his power is not gained through any of the means that, you know, training Goku or Vegeta has, and he's just learned this stuff and he's, He's all personal vendetta. He doesn't know a lot. His experience shows through the battle. So it's, I don't know. It's kind of believable where he's at right now. I don't know if I like him so much anymore, but he could, uh, he come through. But I feel like he's definitely, he's deserving that, that L on this one. Well, I kind of like where your head is at with, you know, how he kind of looks at Vegeta and his own power. Like Vegeta recognizes pretty early on in the battle that, Oh, and that's it. That's how the whole thing plays out. And that's why I like it. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you obviously acquired this power fairly recently. And Granola looks at him. He's like, well, how'd you know? She just looks back up. Thanks for confirming, you fucking nerd. You dummy. I fooled yeah. you. I Ashton Kutchered your dumb ass. So there's a, a few different moments in there where like, you kind of realize that Vegeta is... Like, they talk about it a lot throughout the series, but, like, this is them not talking about it through some random exposition of two characters, you know, watching a fight on the sidelines. This is very good examples of it, of Vegeta's uh, mental capabilities within a battle, like, on display. Like, it, it's it's really nice, actually. So, I wrote six six times down that it happens throughout this chapter. Um, the first one, I don't know. It could be kind of debatable, but it's when Granola points out that Vegeta... Um, you know, doesn't really have a full handle on his Hakai power, so he's doing it in, like, you know, uh, larger quantities to be able to offset it. The second time, though, he's underestimated when Granola puts in a fucking big punch and just kind of, like, hits him in the stomach and expects Vegeta to just keel over and die, basically. And Vegeta just screams and gets through it and just hits him back with a big blast. 
And Granola is just stunned that this guy has the kind of fortitude to be able to withstand that. And I don't know if that plays so much to the tactician thing, but it leads to the tactician thing of he starts to shoot blasts at Vegeta and he dives into the fucking water. I get it. I think Vegeta's been the tactician all along. He, he knew he could take those hits and he's been playing him the whole time. And that's why his fight has gone so much different than Goku's. Well, he's got the common sense. He's got the battle sense. That's actually a really good point. Um, and I, I th- that, that's how I see it. And I think that's sort of what they're trying to dis- like, you know, put on in terms of a showcase for us this month. But, you know, even though Vegeta is like this brilliant tactician and, you know, he's pretty aware of the situation as well. And I think he realizes when he dives in the water, that's got to be like an attempt at slowing down the blasts or hiding himself both at exactly. the same time, he's right? Distorting, distorting the blasts and stuff. You know, he's there's strategy there for sure. And I think that it's also sort of a cool callback to just a few chapters back. I think it's chapter 71 where he had a bunch of training with Lord Beerus in like a a fucking river and like over the course of a waterfall yeah the waterfall one next thing you know he's like swimming away to safety from granola because he's concerned uh he's thinking that it gives him an edge on you know dodging his key blasts which it it totally does so granola stops giving uh him the business with the small key blasts and instead busts out his cupid bow and arrow key blast with two fingers on each hand so it's like a four finger bang thing. So uh, this is when I think we get confirmation guys. Uh, Leonard, you tell me if you thought the same thing, but I think this is when we get confirmation that oatmeal is not a person, but oatmeal is actually like an artificial intelligence assistant. Like Jarvis would be to Iron Man. Did you think the same thing? I sort of thought so, but then thinking about it, I think maybe it's another Cerulean. That's just maybe a little bit weaker. Maybe has some sort of disease that like doesn't allow him necessarily to get out in the open. But I mean, Grillo keeps calling himself the last of the Cerulean's like pretty consistently through this arc. So yeah, but like I don't know. I mean, it's it's definitely a hard one. I think I would like to. I'd probably go with your idea though. Most likely that maybe he is like a Jarvis type of situation. But it sounds too personable. Well, that's a personable is actually a perfect word to attach to it because earlier in the chapter, Oatmeal says to Granola, like, hey, you know, Vegeta, it doesn't sound it, uh, it's a Granola. He says it doesn't sound like he's lying. He's saying basically the same thing that, you know, Goku said earlier, like maybe these guys don't actually, you know, work for Frieza anymore. And it's I don't know. I just. I guess I could see Jarvis saying it in a, an Avengers movie, but like, also I think Tony Stark would have already thought that. So Jarvis wouldn't have had to have said it. So is Granola just dumb and needs his AI to spell that shit out in a real personable, like down to earth way. Or is it because his AI is not an AI and it's a person I would have almost once he calls aim assist for this bow and arrow thing, man, I would have almost, you know, put money on it that, this must be a computer or something. And I don't know. I, I think it is, but I still have a little bit of doubt. I think it's his phone sex. He's just on phone sex while fighting. That's his <laughs> kink. 
he's he's having phone sex with oatmeal while he beats up the Saiyans and gets revenge. Mm-hmm. Weird. Weird, weird, weird. Well, I figured that this bow and arrow thing would, I don't know, like, aim assist. Like, he even, like, observes Vegeta, like, getting, uh, you know, like, wait till he gets clear, wait for any object, and then shoots him with it, and Vegeta catches it underwater. But, like, he walks Granola through the whole thing. Again, is it a person who's just got, like, I'm, I'm done wondering about you, Oatmeal. Uh, Granola shoots the bow and arrow thing. Vegeta catches it. He surprisingly, I, I guess, destroys it, gets rid of it. And then he flops on to dry land again. And Granola kind of gives him the business. Like, hey, man, you know I'm going to beat you, so why don't you fuck off? Vegeta says, why don't you shut the fuck up and fight me, Mr. Strongest? Like, Vegeta kind of does spit some shit to Granola in this chapter. And, uh, not entirely in like a a rude way. Like sometimes he's just like, "Hey rookie," like he's giving him like a, a Denzel Washington kind of speech from Training Day, like telling him how much shit he doesn't know. And I kind of appreciate it, but the fact that he calls him Mister Strongest is just fucking hilarious to me. It ties into Vegeta's strategy right there. What do you mean? Like makes him lose control. I I think he's doing it on purpose. Do you get Granola so fired up to make mistakes, to lose control, to get so angry? Yeah. Vegeta, at this point, he's expressed how much he knows how to fight, much more than Granola. So he, he's just trying to make Granola trip up, make mistakes. He's getting him mad on purpose. That's probably true. And that's, that's how I feel, because they played out so well in this chapter. I, that's, yeah. That's a good point. So that could be like another reason from my six. Oh, did I just kick it up to an even seven with your addition, man? If that's the case, you know what that means? Da, 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 seven Dragon Balls. Now we got seven reasons on this list. Um, okay. Yeah. Talk some shit to get him kind of fired up and to make some, some mistakes. Putting that on my list of oh, for sure. Vegeta is a superior tactician moments from this chapter. So I guess that will be number four. Because number, yeah, that would be number. Fuck, no, I'm sorry. Number three? Yeah, that's the next one I haven't talked about yet. Because we cut away from Vegeta at this point in time in the chapter, and we learn that uh, Goku's not dead or anything. He actually wakes up and lets out a hell of a scream, I presume. I cannot wait to hear Masako Nozawa perform that scream for the anime, because it'll be long and loud and fucking pained. But Goku's got like a big-ass hole in his chest. <laughs> straight up and as he comes to he realizes that the fight's not going on with granola anymore because he just got knocked the fuck out as a big old hole in his chest and that vegeta is now fighting him and that's when we get a nice little call to uh the fighters series i presume when goku says out loud vegeta dot 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 which i guess i should just say ellipses vegeta ellipses join the fight Yes, Vegeta joined the fight, and he's doing much fucking better than your stupid, dumbass Goku. Why don't you go the fuck back to sleep? You got a hole in your chest, dumbass. Ugh. I'm going to ask you guys about Goku at the end of this plot, you know, review here, but tell you what, man, I'm usually a Goku stan all day. I'm usually a Vegeta stan all day, too, but I'm not happy with Goku this month. He better get the fuck out of the business right now and let Vegeta do his thing. <sighs> anyway... Vegeta has, uh, I'd say, arguably, like, his next, you know, superior tactician moment, number four. Uh, Vegeta puts on 
a bunch of blast granola as like a distraction and uh kind of like teleports onto the other side of him to be able to go attack him but whatever granola is obviously super strong superior in this case realizes what vegeta is doing and shoots this blast at him and uh i just i got to see something this month that i think i've waited to see again because i think goku did this in the tournament of power to kefla to be fair but I've been waiting pe for people to, you know, start to integrate this into their fight choreography in Dragon Ball since I was probably like 10. W when a motherfucker throws a beam blast like that at you, straight on, very linear, why don't you just jump over it? <laughs> why is Vegeta the fucking first big brain motherfucker to think of that? Can anybody answer me that question? <laughs> I didn't think so. So. This is the next point <laughs> on how Vegeta is a more brilliant tactician. Uh, you know, because we know that Granola did not earn this strength. Like you said before, Jacob, like this dude's just inherited it all at once and does not know what the fuck to do uh, with it. But this blast that Vegeta jumps up over because he's a goddamn big brain tactician, it hits part of the city that is protected by that dome or whatever, but Granola is real concerned that he's going to inflict damage on this city that he's grown up in or around and protecting. And, and Vegeta just, you know, kind of speaking to what you just said before, Jacob, um, getting him upset and off of his game. He's like, Oh, you're just cool with blowing up the city that you made all your memories in. Yeah. You, you fucking piece of shit. You're just cool with that. Why don't you be a little bit more careful? You rookie fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and that's when Vegeta kind of lays it on and says, I can tell that you just got this power. Oh, how can you tell? Well, thank you for confirming. Anyway, why don't you try to do something useful with it? Why don't you go train? And he's just majorly lacking in battle experience overall. And Granola, again, off of his game, he's very upset. He's like, dude, it doesn't matter. I got the supreme power, baby. I'm going to fucking kill you. So... I think that's example number five, then. I think that means we got two more. So instead of doing better in the fight, Granola decides that it's time to just get a little bit more angry and start throwing knees Tony Jaw style into Vegeta's thorax. But here's the thing. We've been talking about Vegeta being such a brilliant tactician this entire episode so far. Another brilliant tactician moment. He kind of like absorbs the hit into him, catches his leg, and it looks like he goes to break his knee. I don't know if he was successful with breaking his knee or not. I, I didn't get a clear indication of it one way or the other. It'd be pretty cool if Granola has to go through the rest of this fight with a broken knee because Vegeta's so goddamn smart, you know, quick on his feet. But um, Vegeta is, you know, basically knocked away and Granola asks him again, like, yeah, I don't understand, like, why you continue to do this. This is, this is hopeless. It was already, you know, predetermined. And Vegeta gives him this whole speech about how Rankins are bullshit and or a moment in time, and you know, even if you are destined to beat me, there's a possibility that you won't. And that's what I love about battle. That's that's what I love about battle: the possibility that I can change the outcome, you know, by working hard or whatever the fuck. This speech was one of the most excellent Vegeta moments I've ever seen. Like I'm ranking it, I'm ranking it up there with like, um, you know, his speech on Namek. I'm ranking it up there with Majin Vegeta, uh, the Majin Vegeta, oh. you know, Reduke in yep. uh, 
in the tournament of power, I guess, by proxy. But this was one of the coolest fucking Vegeta moments to me. And I, it's going to obviously get overshadowed by the fact that a transformation happens afterwards 30 seconds from now. But this battle, uh, this you know, speech in the middle of the battle that he gives, it just kind of made me stop and say, damn, dude, if that ain't a motherfucking uh, euphemism, euphemism, I don't know. If this ain't some kind of what's the word I'm looking for, Leonard? Do you know? Uh, metaphor. That's it. This ain't some kind of metaphor for life. Sisyphus is rocking shit, pushing it up the hill every day. Doesn't matter. Could change the outcome. Who knows? We all know it's Vegeta, and it's probably not going to change the outcome, which I feel like is what they're getting us ready for with this speech. But uh... it's going to be constantly overshadowed by the fact that he has a transformation. Or maybe it'll all get grouped together. Maybe, I don't know, it's tough to say. Maybe he gives this speech, the hit happens, he coughs the blood, like we'll talk about in a moment. But I don't know. I, I feel like enough people aren't talking about this panel and this little speech that he gives them. And am I crazy? Who wants to go? I don't care. Somebody make me feel less crazy. I, I think it's, I, I think you're all right there. I think it's all about Vegeta's. It's part of his tactic. He's, He's playing right into his next play, how it happens, and he's ready for all of it. He can take this. He knows he can take what he's got from Granola right now. So it's, he knows what he's doing right now. I mean, even if he doesn't know what he's doing right now, even if he goes in there and he's fucking gets his ass completely whooped, it doesn't negate the impact of this speech at all to me. Like, he could give this speech and then fucking march into a goddamn volcano. I mean, now it actually well, kind of undercut the, the, the speech, speech completely, itself. but... The speech itself is like, I mean, like you said, it's it's top three moments. Like, I think of you know, Majin Vegeta. Like you said, that's number one. He's, it's a great moment for Vegeta for sure. Well, it's it, I, I imagine five and uh, so. Like I said, I've been counting these numbers based off of you know moments in the chapter where Vegeta proves his superiority in terms of tactics and battle uh so i guess that would have been um the fifth one there so granola decides to try to end it that's basically where we, we cut it off there and goes to put his two fingers into a vital point in vegeta's stomach area and vegeta again number six here uh sees what he's about to do kind of stops his arm but not fully and it punctures through his armor into his stomach, and he coughs up a tremendous fucking amount of blood all over Granola. I cannot wait to see how they choose to animate this in Super, because I feel like they will have to water it down a little bit, because this was fucking brutal. I loved this moment. Spits blood all over the place, and what, just when you think he's about to drop, nope, he continues on. Like, part A of the speech I just fawned about. Now I gotta fawn about part B of this speech. He's like, no planet to save, no people to protect. Maybe I got that reversed. Who gives a shit? But I just, I'm just enveloped in the fight. This is my happy place. Kind of like that thing that Happy Gilmore does when he's got a putt, win the championship against Shooter McGavin. He goes to his happy place. This is Vegeta's happy place so to see him have that moment where 
you can kind of like fully appreciate the fact that he doesn't have to hold back anymore. He doesn't have to be concerned with anything other than winning at this moment, which is basically the wet dream of a Saiyajin. It's cool to, to have him appreciate that within a moment where you could very easily see him dying if Granola just continues to push his fingers through his stomach. But he doesn't. He spits blood all over the place. And uh, this is where the transformation happens. My favorite part about this transformation in the chapter, in full context, is because we already saw it. So it wasn't a surprise anymore. But when the transformation happens, you just get like a, a top shot of his head and you see his dumbass looking eyebrows. And then the next panel is Granola looking at him all shocked, like, what the fuck just happened to you? Because you look ugly as hell. <laughs> ugly as butt, bro. Oh, man. I just like that Granola had that same kind of reaction that <laughs> definitely all three of us had in terms of the eyebrows. First your forehead fucked up, now your face. It's like, dude, Granola what? broke that fourth wall there. He's like, fuck, bro. Hey, let, me, let me just speak on behalf of this fandom and say, what the fuck happened? But I think a lot of people like that Super Saiyan 3 design and they're just kind of happy to see like some kind of callback to it. Maybe it has something to do with Vegeta's more primitive and aggressive attitude. Who knows? I mean, that could have something to Maybe do with not. it. Maybe not. It could also just have something to do more. And, and again, I kind of talked about it earlier, but like early on in Dragon Ball Super, people would be like, well, you know, Goku has the heart of an angel attendant like Whis and... Vegeta's a destroyer. Imagine if they go down those two respective paths later yeah, on in the series. Right. And I'm like, that sounds fucking stupid. And like, it won't happen. And sure enough, here we are. So <laughs> maybe it's just, um, you know, a look that's more in line with, you know, what a destroyer looks like. I feel like if they can still go off from that, because that's just, yeah, it's too generic. I don't like that either. I mean, while we're all looking at it as a callback to um, Super Saiyan 3, what I will point out is that brow appearance that he's got going on is super, super similar to Gas, who is the little dude with the, the bone necklaces that's traveling with Elec right now. Um, if the eyebrow yeah. shift is some sort of indicator of a Kaishin power, what if Gas was a potential god of destruction from the Heater family? and? You know, he got passed over or something, or he's still waiting for his ascension to that rank within a respective you. Maybe the heaters aren't. Nah, that's probably a stretch if the heaters aren't from Universe 7. I don't know. We'll see. But maybe he's got some sort of God of Destruction ties himself due to his ridiculous Neanderthal eyebrows. But uh, actually, we flash back over to Goku for a quick second time at this point, just to sort of confirm like the form that he's going through, the transformation uh, Ajita, Vegeta is ascending to right now. It does, in fact, have God Key, and it's some kind of God of Destruction, Hakaishin form. So uh, it's, I imagine, going to be in a similar tone to, you know, that purple, dark reddish sort of tint that Tapo had when he makes this Hakaishin transformation in the Tournament of Power. But Vegeta, you know, once we get that final shot, which ended up being the last panel of the month, like I told you all it would be. When we get that final shot, he says, I learned from a god of destruction that power derived from instinct is boundless. Boundless is a very interesting word to me. Instinct is an interesting word to me because is, is there some kind of ultra instinct incorporation or like 
maybe not in corporation, but like the thought process behind something like Ultra Instinct, is there something that kind of ties that that same sort of idea? Does it tie into the God of Destruction, Hakaishin powers at all? Um, and what does unbounded mean? Like it's limitless, like you can ascend to any height, you can ascend to any power, or you have like an infinite amount of key. Like, what do you guys make? Uh, Leonard, I'll start with you. What do you think that Vegeta's unbounded, or excuse me, boundless is the word? What do you think his boundless power in this form could mean? I think it's going to be similar to kind of how it was in the original, like Dragon Ball Z Saiyan saga. Where basically Nappa and Vegeta came, but we're going to see more of like a Nappa side of Vegeta. Where basically we're going to see Vegeta just really go in on this guy or strategically go into a point where he is going to like set it up in a certain way. Where he's going to get, gar- uh, well, I was going to say garlic, where <laughs> uh, he's going to get um, granola to where he wants him to be. He's going to pretty much set it up set the bow area to where he wants see maybe throw some punches to see like how granola reacts because of course everyone has a certain weakness with what side they are fighting from or on and with that he can use that aggression to sort of attack him because um definitely something we've seen is vegeta always held his pride as a saiyan beerus said you need to let that go you need to let all that destruction or all that feelings of, oh, like Frieza blew, blew up the power, or sorry, the planet. Beerus was the one who gave him the order to. So maybe we're going to see uh, Vegeta do the same thing to Granola in a sense. It's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we did kill your, your family and all your race. What are you going to do about it? I mean, I feel like that's sort of the point that he's already reached during this battle while he's talking shit to Granola to kind of get him upset and off of his game. He's like, yeah, you know what? I've tried to let you know that we don't work for Frieza or whatever, but like, you're going to try to kill me? Fuck you. I will kill you and erase the rest of your people. You're the rest of your hit. Your history as a race is over today. He said something to that effect. Like Vegeta, while he does have some better intentions throughout this chapter when he says things like, you know, you got all this power, why don't you, you know, put it to some good use of training or whatever. Not exactly that, but that's kind of what was expressed, in my opinion. But also, he's like, yo, I'll fucking erase you and your whole goddamn family. Oh, wait, you don't have one, you orphan fuck? I don't give a shit, I'll erase you anyway. Like, that's primetime mean Vegeta shit. Jacob, what do you think in terms of expectations of Vegeta's new transformation and this boundless power? Well, what I see from it in that boundless power is... I feel like he's maybe distinguishing the difference between his new destruction powers versus that ultra instinct powers in terms of, you know, ultra ultra instinct might have a time limit as has been established and you know, maybe this new power of Vegeta's doesn't. Just the fact that his he's tactically his mind is so much more connected to it, whereas Ultra Instinct is completely letting your mind go. And he's throwing a different aspect at Granola that he didn't expect and he hasn't dealt with and he's maybe not ready for. That's a really good point. In terms of like the exact foil of this um, Hakai Shin versus Ultra Instinct stuff, where Ultra Instinct is all, as the name implies, instinct and without thought, 
Vegeta with his Hakashin work, and in this battle specifically, he does seem way more tactical and less like he stops. I mean, he even says something to Goku about that a couple of chapters back when they're initially dodging shots from Granola, and he's like, yo, stop fucking around with Ultra Instinct and just put on your full power and just dodge it and be powerful to be able to get out of the way. Like, Fuck, do we dare to say this is the Vegeta arc? Is it going to happen? Here's the thing, man. The, this art, this this chapter specifically was so well Damn. well written that I feel like they're giving me this chapter, right? But with the caveat that you know it's like, hey, yeah, Vegeta's having his moment and Goku's staying out of it, but Goku's also awake. So just be forewarned that Goku's awake, which actually sort of perfectly brings me to the the next question for you guys. I feel like they're doing that to say like you know. This is Vegeta's moment within this arc, within this battle, but Goku's but, awake again. Now that Goku's awake again, how do you think that he is going to factor in Leonard? Or is he going to factor in at all? Does it just, he just fucking stay on the sidelines? I am a Vegeta fan, like everyone else, or like every other Vegeta fan. But difference is, some of, some of us Vegeta fans have some sense and no sense at all. I have been hurt too many times by thinking, oh, this is Vegeta's moment, and we get cucked every single time. With that being said, I really don't think so. I don't think this is Vegeta's moment, or at least if it does become Vegeta's moment, we don't get to live too much into it. We're going to be like, oh, Vegeta's about to kill him, we're about to finish him off, and then Goku stops and is like, look, last time, we're trying to help, we're nice people, even though Vegeta just beat your ass to the point where you're near death, try to work it out. Yeah, maybe that is how it does become Goku's victory at the end, is like, Vegeta just beat you to a pulp, dude. I know that you're not going to die because I just called Vegeta off. Let us make you a good guy now and fight against Alec and Gas and Maki. Because that's the other thing too, man. Like, this can't be Vegeta's win or victory over Granola right now. It's not going to be because this arc is nowhere near over man it's nowhere near over we're at best at toward the end of the second act i think realistically that it could be you know more toward like the end of the first third of this arc the the second third of this arc i believe will be something that involves primarily the heaters and then maybe by the third arc uh excuse me the third act that's the word the third act of this arc maybe frieza comes into play uh, if not, maybe Granola ascends to an ultimate power and wants to kill and destroy everything and then just burns out all his power, you know, like the dragon caveat, you know, we we talked about with Namito. It could be any of those things, but Goku being awake again, I don't think necessarily spend uh, spells the end of Vegeta's moment in the sun here, but, you know, everybody be forewarned that this is not the end of this arc. If it is, I'll eat my words. I'll happily be wrong, and Vegeta will get a parade where I live. I'll file for the permit in my hometown and have a Vegeta parade. So uh, a couple other questions before we wrap this one up, guys. We are fully aware, you know, like I just said, the next um, act of this arc I think we'll take place more with the heaters. We got some confirmation, and I think chapter 72 that Alec and Gas are about to arrive on planet Serial. Um, do we think that that's going to be what breaks up this fight between these two, or uh, 
are, are they going to be able to finish it? Like, how do you think that Alec and Gas are about to factor into this thing, Leonard? Um, that's a good question. I personally didn't think about them like really interfering, but um, what I definitely say is that I think I still think it might be the same way where it's like Goku breaks it up. It's like, hey, you know, Vegeta almost killed you. Like, come on, let's be friends, and then. Maybe around that time, um, Alec and Maki may come in, try to be like, oh, like, I don't know, try to throw it around in a sense. Where it's like, maybe they get them to be like, oh, you know, we we hired them so that they could train to fight you. So that, I mean, I mean it sounds stupid, but it's like, Oh, we got the you guys to fight each other so that you can work together to go against Frieza. And then they can use the heaters. We'll use them to defeat Frieza. And they are the last, technically the gang ruling it all. That is actually a very interesting turn that I wouldn't have thought of. And I wouldn't expect from, from you either. I was expecting you to bust out some fucking crazy shit. But that's actually a pretty cool idea, man. I could see that too. Yeah, yeah, he's like, yo, we were gonna originally turn the granola against these two Saiyans or vice versa, and whoever dies, dies, and it's good for us, but, like, imagine if he shows up and he's like, this is spectacular, we should just go fucking kill, because he does say to Gas a couple of chapters back, like, hey, man, you're the only one who could have the potential to beat Frieza, like, he's so concerned about Frieza and doesn't know enough about Goku and Vegeta to know that those two could team up to defeat Frieza. So the fact that he still holds Frieza in such high esteem, or maybe Frieza has like ascended to some crazy new level in the meantime. Who knows, dude? Platinum Frieza. And either way, if he's like just uniting a couple people that he knows have a common enemy against Frieza in the end, you know? Yeah, he's playing 5D chess. So I think one of the more important things to uh, keep in mind with what Alec and Gas are about to get up to is they fully expect Oil and Maki to have the Dragon Balls when they arrive. Presumably, they will work uh, on these uh, planet serial Dragon Balls, a set of two. But at the same time, like we know that they were used pretty recently. There is a possibility they could be stoned. Maybe they're active. We don't know about that part of their rule yet. Um, what do we think they are going to wish for if they are able to grab those dragon ball like assuming that those dragon balls are active not that we've seen them find any i don't think i'm pretty sure we have not seen them find the dragon balls to this point but uh assuming they are active is there anything that they might wish for to wait what the fuck do they wish for with those things guys i personally don't know i think maybe if they do because they definitely tried to get um it seems they tried to get that information from what was his name the robot from the uh, previous arc. The yeah, OG73, man. He's another one. He's another thing that's just hanging out there in the fucking ether that could factor into this arc as well, man. Yeah. I'm thinking that maybe they might do something where they add whatever his memories were, the old 73, and put it into maybe one of the people from the Heater Gang. Maybe Gas. Oh, maybe like if Gas does some kind of. I don't want to say fusion because, OG, well, oh, Moro absorbed OG73, right? Like, I don't know if Gas can do that sort of thing. Maybe he can. And he absorbs OG73's powers and memories and all that. That'd be pretty wild. Because 
there's just so many things that are lying around in the background of this arc while we're watching Goku, Vegeta, and Granola do their thing right out in front. Freeze's out there. He could show up. I'm going to ask you that one in, in just a second, Jacob, but we've got the Dragon Balls out there, electing gas on the way. We don't know what gas is capable of. We don't know what they intend to wish for with these Dragon Balls. We don't know if we're even going to see Frieza. We talked about it last month at length uh, with a new segment that's called Hey, where the fuck Frieza at? Boy, shut your mouth when I tell you about making all that daggone noise. What the hell is wrong with you? Jacob, uh, I wanted to see if you had a thought on this theory because several of us are in the camp of he's not going to show up at all. He's just going to be like a catalyst to kickstart the arc and his name is all you need. And then other people are like, he's going to factor into the final battle or something, or they're all going to team up to finish him off. W where the fuck do you think Frieza is at? Oh, man. I feel like whether he ends up being actually showing up in this arc or not, I feel like during this time, he's getting a new form for sure. He's got to be. Otherwise, how does he factor in? To be fair. I mean, he could just be out there strengthening his, his golden form or strengthening his army or whatever, and that would still make him formidable. Exactly, you know. he's Yeah, he, he's got to be, you know, strengthening himself somehow. It's hard to predict the writing because... Well, do you think he'll show up or not? I don't know. No. A part of me hopes that he doesn't because he's been we, he's been used way too frequently lately. But also, yeah. if he does show up, that brings a whole other aspect to this entire fucking thing that's already been pretty entertaining to this point. Like with just the Saiyans and Granola and the Heaters, throw Frieza and like Frieza not in the not like in the the precarious situation of being brought back from the dead for a fucking day, but like Lord yes. Emperor Frieza with his army and shit that a little bit of a different enough Frieza to make me interested to see what would happen. The, the thing is, next time I see Frieza, I want it to be his end, you know? Make an arc out of it, that's fine. I just want it to be the, like, his end, his death. He's not gonna get resurrected here again, you know? Yeah. You can only die twice, bitch. Meaning, we kill you and then we just hakai you because Beerus is sick of your shit. Maybe that's what happens. Maybe, maybe uh, Freeze is off learning. I think I said, I think I said this last month. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure I remember myself mumbling this shit, but maybe he's off learning Hakai powers from a God of Destruction from another universe. I think Patella's uh, universe four, I want to say, but whatever universe that person's from, maybe Freeze is learning some shit from there and then he can show up and be like, Oh, Vegeta, you learned some Hakai power? Oh, Granola, you're just naturally like in the touch with Hakai power because of a wish from the Dragon Balls? Oh, yeah. Well, guess what? I got some too, bitch. That, Look. That's a story he talked to in the Tournament of Power. Yeah, he almost double-crossed yes. us. Yes. Could be that. Could be that. But that's pretty much our, um, our outline for 74 this month. Vegeta versus Granola. Leonard, 1 to 10. 10 being the best, 1 being the shittiest. What do you give this chapter? I give it a, a solid eight. Actually, no, a nine. I give it a 9.8 out of 10. Okay. 9.8 out of 10. Wow. All right. That's pretty cool. I was going to give it like a nine out of 10 myself. Yeah. Cause 
Lots of good Vegeta moments, lots of good Vegeta dialogue. The action wasn't as impactful, in my opinion, as compared to last month. Last month's fucking battle was beautiful. Like, you felt that shit last month. This month was still great, but it was great for different reasons. I felt that it was great for dialogue reasons, callbacks to Vegeta fighting in the fucking river with Beerus and training in the pool on that spaceship and... I don't know, him giving like all these tactician kind of points and flexing his big battle brain. I like that shit. So, um, yeah, nine out of 10. Jacob, what do you think, man? Solid nine out of 10. Simply because it, the whole chapter, like, not 10. He didn't get the win, you know, but you can't expect that in the chapter. But big transformation, though. Like, this shit, this chapter will go down in Dragon Ball history for having this big, this big transformation. Absolutely. The transformation, his dialogue, his intellect and wit through the whole thing. And honestly, the scenery through the whole chapter, like they showed a broad amount of landscapes. The battle went everywhere. It was it was really is very well done through and through. Good chapter. That's a good point about the battle, the, the battle being everywhere. I think it's oil makes the comment. He's like, wait, now they're over there. What? They're over there. Jesus Christ. These guys are everywhere. Yep. They went. There was a lot of different scenery in those in those uh, panels, and it was that was good to see. Good point, man. More than just more than just some simplistic, <laughs> nothing well, changes kind of shit. Yeah, no, it wasn't like we're out in the middle of an open desert with some rocks behind right. us. Shit, you know, like, and they've been making those concerted efforts the last few chapters. I feel like we got that. That big tree battle between it was like looking like a, a scene out of Endor oh, the tree last battle, month yeah. and shit. That was the other good one. Yeah, they've been definitely trying to push it a little bit in terms of the battle backgrounds. And like I kind of forget at certain points during the middle of these fights that we're not on Earth. But when Vegeta stopped to point that out today to be like, I don't have to worry about my planet. I don't have to worry about rescuing people. I don't have to worry exactly. about whooping that ass. That's what I'm here for. That's such a refreshing view of Vegeta to see too. Yeah. Because really, we haven't seen that in a long time. Nope. Where he's at no stakes and just ready to be in his exact happy moment like he's showing us now. What's the song when he goes to his happy place in Happy Gilmore? I believe it goes. <laughs> Something like that. That's Vegeta when he fucking gets in a fight with Granola on a planet that's not his own. So that's chapter 74, Dragon Ball Super manga, um, August 20th, and around there, we will have uh, the next manga available to us, and we will do another review, me, Leonard, and I believe Reese next month. It'll be cool, but we have a few other things on the way. In the meantime, you should be getting a, uh, a Dragon Ball movie or two, those podcasts in the next few weeks, Mystical Adventure in the Dead Zone, got those in the can. Uh, but also our anniversary is fast approaching, which I, I think we're doing a party for with me and Norm and Jimmy and maybe Carlton. We'll see how it goes. But um, the next month of content will be fun, but also I feel like it's going to be kind of exhausting. Uh, if you haven't been watching the video edits that Matthew's doing for us over on YouTube, go subscribe to the YouTube, youtube.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. I got a really nice comment from a listener today that says, I just been listening to your podcast for a long time, but I, I came over to watch the YouTube video for this and I'm glad I did because it was a good use of the, the footage and the clips and it was a, it was a fun time. So uh, go subscribe to the YouTube links are in the show notes. 
doing these movie watch-alongs in our Discord server every Saturday night at 10 p.m. for the foreseeable future. So go join that as well. Uh, links in the show notes. All right. Okay. Uh, Leonard, I, I, I thank you for being here as my, uh, my loyal number two on these manga chapters, and I bid you adieu. I bid you adieu, good sir. And I bid every Vegeta fan adieu as well. We are all Vegeta. I Jacob, do. good job, man. Good Vegeta. job on your fucking first episode. I appreciate you, dude. Good, good thoughts, good opinions. Also, there's some birds in the background, but it's kind of nice. It's like a nature vibe, you know what I'm saying? Protect the birds and the bees. Oh, yeah, I, I'm outside. <laughs> yeah, no shit, you're outside. Hey, thanks for having my opinions. Appreciate it. Love to be here. We appreciate you, man. And uh, patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. We try to extend these invitations to uh, one person a month on our Patreon. If you want to be a part of that, links are in the show notes. Go fucking figure. All right. Okay. This is a good Vegeta month. Let's just take it for what it is. Take it the, take the win in our hearts and realize that Vegeta is not actually about to beat Granola because some shit's about to happen that uh, prevents him from doing that. Whether it be an ass whooping or interference for another person. Goku being like, hey, Vegeta, what are you doing? Some shit like that. Chapter 75, we shall see, man. Talk to y'all soon. Uh, Rate and subscribe to the podcast. Five stars, Apple Podcasts, blah, blah, blah. That's what heroes do. That's some My Hero Academia shit. My bad. Get my wires crossed. Uh, Vegeta lost all his eyebrows.